Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Renews, the weekly podcast from the editorial team at Trusted Reviews, bringing you all the latest news from the world of consumer technology. Today, for the first time, I'm joined by two guests. I have Max Parker. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good. How are you, John? I'm doing very well. Max is the mobiles editor here at Trusted Reviews, and for the first time making his first Renews appearance, we have Thomas Newton, the computing editor. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm quite all right, John. How are you? I'm also doing well. Thank you so much, guys. Of course, we've got a packed show for you today, guys. We are going to be talking about the NVIDIA announcement from earlier this week. Maybe you heard one or two things about what was announced, but we're going to be running through all of their announcements in depth. And then in the second half of the episode, we've got Max here to talk through Ether, which is the probably Europe's biggest technology conference. Yeah, it's up, it's up there with MWC. Yeah, so, we've, uh, so that's taking place next week. Uh, we're going to have a whole host of people out there bringing you news from the ground. So Max is here on hand to talk through what to expect. But first off, we're going to talk NVIDIA. So, Tom, what did NVIDIA announce? Well, NVIDIA announced uh, uh, a lot of things, as we, okay. as, as if anyone... <laughs> uh, if anyone who uh, sat through that press conference, anyone who watched it online will know, um, there was a lot of discussion about um, ray tracing, which okay. seemed to dominate the discussion. Mm -hmm. um, ray tracing, if uh, you've not been uh, following this story, is essentially it's a way of simulating in the most realistic way possible in a virtual environment how light sources interact with physical objects. So, you know, we're talking... Um, Refraction. We're talking about how light will be reflected by an opaque surface and how it would be uh, reflected and refracted by glass. And this is basically a long-winded way of, of, of me and, by extension, NVIDIA saying it's going to make games look great, okay. more realistic, more shiny, more better. Okay, and the, the context of this was they were announcing new graphics cards, yes, right? Yes, that's that, right. That, yep, that yep. we're going to be making, taking advantage of this, this fancy new technology. So, I mean, if you guys have been following the, the story, it kind of goes back all the way to like March when NVIDIA were putting out tech demos at GDC. They were like, yep. ray tracing, it's here, it's now. Then last week they announced their professionally minded cards, which cost like thousands of pounds and which really meant for the likes of, you know, CGI right. houses like ILM, Pixar and that sort of thing to do rendering at a massive scale. And this week it was finally the term of the turn of consumer cards. So the stuff that you're actually going to be able to buy put in your gaming PCs at home. So we thought, me and Tom sitting there, uh, 5 p.m., ready to watch the announcement, we thought, it's gonna be a fairly quick announcement. Uh, they just have to stand up, they go like, right, you guys all know what ray tracing is, here are the new cards. Um, but it, but it, it wasn't. wasn't no, <laughs> we, we, we got a bit of a science lesson, which uh, I'm not gonna attempt to replicate here, because uh, we frankly don't have the time, and uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a scientist, so <laughs> so I think we should cut to the chase on that, and um, and we can talk about the the GPUs themselves and uh, when they'll be going on sale. So um, uh, the uh, the flagship model, which is essentially replacing the 1080 Ti, mm -hmm. is the uh, RTX 2080 Ti, okay. and um, that's sort of complemented by um, uh, 2080, and these seem to be like the two core models of the. Um, the new 20 series GPUs from mm. NVIDIA. They're based on the Turing architecture mm -hmm. and um, they're going to be hitting shelves on the 20th of September. And uh, there's going to be a third one, the RTX 2070, and that's coming out at some point in October. They haven't said when yet, but it's later on. 
Okay, and uh, what sort of prices are these things launching at? Well, uh, so the, the the 2070 that I just mentioned, that's uh, uh, the Founders Edition uh, of that, which is um, Founders Edition is um, NVIDIA's, it's basically a fancy way of them saying, this is our reference design for what we would like other cards to, uh, to look like, and that should give us a rough idea of how most of these will cost. Uh, that's going to cost, uh, the 2070 will cost £569. Then going up one, you've got the RTX 2080, that's going to cost £749. And then, last but not least, the RTX 2080 Ti is going to cost over £1,000. It's £1,099. Yeah, I, mean, I for, know. <laughs> for people that aren't in the know, uh, it's probably worth thinking about these graphics cards kind of like Android phones. Yes. So, so if you think of like the Founders the, Edition as being right. like the Pixel lineup. Or that, the Nexus range going further back yeah, in time. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, that's NVIDIA going like, right, here is like the gold standard for these new graphics cards. Yeah. Here is like what we think they should look like. And then the likes of like MSI, Gigabyte, Palette. Asus and the rest. And, and Acer, I think, has also announced um, they will then go out there and go, okay, cool, we're going to have ones with a bigger cooling design. So it will run a little bit cooler, a little bit quieter. They'll have ones which you know, are overclocked a little bit more. They'll have ones which are built for liquid cooling. So they'll kind of add their own secret sauce. But as far as NVIDIA is concerned, they're the ones you can buy from the NVIDIA website are the Founders Edition. And I think they, the Founders Edition, at least, look, look very nice. They've kind of redesigned the look of the cards. They, look they are quite sneaker. nice looking, which, yeah. is, which is an odd thing to uh, sort of say about something that you're going to put inside your PC and never really look at again. But uh, well, unless you have one of those PC cases with a massive glass side uh, panel. If you are one of those people, then yes, of Yeah, I, I always, I, well, I mean, I don't want to be one of those people, but <laughs> Max is kind of shaking his head in the corner. No one wants to be one of those people. <laughs> and, like, I can see the appeal in, like, Making your PC look nice, but it's not—it's not for me. I'm gonna—I'm gonna put my PC underneath my desk and right. ne never look at it unless like a sensible goes person. Wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't say sensible. I don't want to—I don't want to <laughs> insult our listeners, Tom. But uh, but yeah, like a sensible person. Um, so I'm—I'm kind of—I'm in two minds about about the ray tracing, uh, the ray tracing stuff. Nvidia's kind of branding it as RTX. Um, because what they showed off was really cool. So they've announced, it's at 11 games? It's about 11 titles so far, yeah. And yeah. during the press conference, they had some um, they had some gameplay footage from Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Battlefield Five. And out of the two, I, for my money, the difference was most pronounced on Battlefield. There was a yep. section where, if you remember, they had, they were following some players going down this... Uh, Crater Street, mm. uh, street. Was, it, was it Rotterdam? It was somewhere yeah. in Holland. Um, and uh, there was a bit where they had uh, the RTX ray tracing feature turned off. And um, yeah, you know, you, you know what it's been like in FPS games since time immemorial when you're, you know, you, you know, you might go into a bathroom or something like that, and then there's like a reflection in the... Did you ever play Red Faction back in the day? Uh, yes, I think I played the first one on PS2 and I think years that, ago. I think that was the first time I saw a sprite being like reflected in, in, a, in a virtual mirror, and it was, it, was, it was impressive, but it was also very, very crap. Um, so I think <laughs> it's taken that long uh, for, 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 for this to improve. And in this section in Battlefield Five, there were, there, were, there were moments where you could really appreciate what the, the you know the potential that ray tracing has to offer and um in the shadow of the tomb raider footage there was uh, a section where you're infiltrating a nightclub and they showed it with rtx on and off and um when it was on uh the the shadows that sprites were casting were generally like a lot softer a lot mm -hmm. more natural looking you had umbra and penumbra so you had like the darker mm -hmm. core 
uh, section of like a, 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 a silhouette, and then you had the sort of softer edges on on um, on the outline. And uh, yeah, apart from looking nicer, I don't really know what this is going to add to gameplay. So yeah. in terms of like um, clock speed, frame rate support, and things like that. Um, we might want to look at that mm. in a little while, but uh, I think ray tracing is, is 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 very much kind of gilding the lily at this point. Um, it's uh, um, I am interested in seeing where game developers might take this in the future. Okay, there's been plenty of uh, games, um, stealth games, and titles like Alan Wake, for example, where light sources and shadow play an important part in gameplay. And I'm wondering if in the future we're going to see this ray tracing effect gameplay as well as just, you know, a, a nice visual perk. As someone, Max, that uh, admits to only playing football games, what, what, what are you most excited to see ray traced in the next I, entry for I mean, if FIFA, FIFA 20 has ray tracing and those shadows look like on point, and <laughs> maybe some reflection in a puddle or something <laughs> on the pitch. Oh yeah, if you could, if you could like have a have a replay of the ball flying towards a goalkeeper's hand, and you can see the shocked expression in the goalkeeper's face reflecting off the ball. I mean, yeah, I watched a little <laughs> bit of this Nvidia thing the other night briefly, and I did, it make yeah, right. So it makes things look nicer, but I don't, things look really nice now. Like I'm playing on the PS4 Pro in HDR, it looks really nice. Yeah. Is this really? a big step forward I, th I think I think Max what you've just described is the entirety of PC gaming <laughs> because like PC gamers will look at look at console graphics and will go wow these look terrible and and then yeah you have like people like Digital Foundry kind of going through and going oh you know it's not running at true 4k it's not running at like exactly 60 frames per second but it still but, looked really good exactly like they've managed to say that because they've gone with like a stethoscope and looked at the screen and like i would argue most people probably the difference is going to be super incremental. That's a really interesting point because I think um, this year we've seen uh, a handful of gaming monitors hit the market which are 4K monitors that can yep. support refresh rates of 144 hertz yep. and some of them also support HDR. That's still a fraction of the market. Mm. 1080p gaming is here to stay for the short term mm. and um, at, at the very most you can you can push the, uh, the, the new 2080 Ti to do 8K gaming. I yeah. mean but no one's really doing that. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this, this is how powerful these cards are, but it's we're not going to really see anyone pushing for that anytime yeah. soon. I, how many 8K monitors can you name right now? Uh, I mean... Can you name I, eight 8K I, monitors? I, I think that's unfair, because I think if you ask me to name one monitor, yeah, I would be able to... monitor. No, 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 I can name you uh, the... Asus Predator X34, that's a monitor. That is a monitor. Uh, I can name you the... Actually, you know what? Name that monitor is not a fun podcast. <laughs> no, no, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's not get too much. Scrap but, that idea. But you're completely right that like developers have to make games that people can enjoy on a range of hardware. You have to be able to... like, Especially these days when a lot of stuff is being ported to the Nintendo Switch, it has to run on like a really budget piece of hardware all the way through to the recently announced 2080 Ti. And so there are going to be really nice bells and whistles on that more expensive hardware, but it's going to take a long time for that sort of stuff to affect gameplay in a significant way. And I think for the time being, it's just going to be stuff that you look at and go, 
Mm. I have spent seven hundred yeah. pounds on a new graphics card. Mm, mm, mm. So, how much was that Money most well expensive one? Um, the the the, the founders edition of the uh, twenty eighty Ti is uh, one thousand ninety nine. So, I could buy like a decent decent four K TV and a PS four Pro and FIFA nineteen. <laughs> you could you could buy, and you've a, just got a bit of metal. <laughs> you could buy a decent four K TV. Uh, a PS4 Pro, a copy of FIFA 19, and you could spend a lot of money in FIFA Ultimate Team yeah. as well. You could buy loads of, I don't even know what you get in that, but what? Top-up characters? I'll, I'll quickly tell you what you couldn't buy for that money. Go on. A new 13-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, what do they start at now? 1749 I'm crossing my fingers for a new MacBook Air. Have you, have you seen the rumours that there might be one coming? There might be one coming. It might be discontinued and kind of like merged slash mothballed with the standard garden variety MacBook line. Okay. That's the rumour though. We haven't haven't really heard anything. Yeah. It, it could, it, or, or the Air could be, have a spectacular rebirth and MacBooks might become something else. We don't know It yet. will, I'm confident. So segueing swiftly into IFA. Uh, Max, what are the chances we'll see the new MacBook Air at IFA next week in Berlin? <laughs> oh, uh, zero percent. <laughs> As there will definitely be no Apple presence. Ah. Um, so, for those people that aren't in the tech industry, what what is IFA, Max? So IFA kind of sits along with CES, which takes place in Vegas in January, and MWC, which is in Barcelona at the end of February, as kind of the three main tech launch shows of the year so basically ces is you see all the stuff that's kind of going to come out throughout the year mwc is very mobile focused mm -hmm. so that's where samsung tends to announce its flagship uh, htc lg uh, huawei you know they all come around around mwc and then ifa kind of sits at the end of the year it kind of tidies up kind of small not smaller brands but maybe brands that don't have their own kind of keynotes to show okay. separately they'll kind of all converge at IFA there's a lot of kind of home goods white goods mm -hmm. cool fridges washing machines and then the kind of odd laptop and chip and phone kind of thrown in as well are the fridges cool because of temperature or because they're cool ah so max what are we expecting from IFA next week so i think there, there will be lots of announcements there'll be some some big announcements uh so for instance there's a samsung press conference okay Samsung normally uses IFA to announce its new wearables, mm -hmm. so updates to its gear line, its gear sport line. They've just released them with the Galaxy Watch alongside the Note 9. Yep. So, and they've also announced the Note 9 and the Tab S4. So it's kind of, with those kind of products, we're not going to see anything. So Samsung are done with kind of phones, tablets, and wearables for the year, okay. I, I think anyway. Mm -hmm. So that means that Samsung will probably, might update its SmartThings platform, its kind of home automation stuff. They might, um, you know, maybe tease a TV, mm -hmm. maybe some 8K. They talked about CS quite a lot. Uh, I doubt there'll be a consumer-grade 8K television, but they might kind of kind of tweak their prototype from 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 earlier in the year. Well, there have been 8K TVs uh, for for quite a few yeah. years now, and and broadcast standards for 4K in this country aren't even close to being ready yet. So, so yeah, they, they, they'll they'll tease maybe an updated prototype, and they'll have it on display, and it will look fantastic, and then. You know, you, you won't hear about it again. Samsung can be a bit of a weird company because they they absolutely show up at every single yeah. big trade conference. They do a big thing at CES. They're, they are at MWC yeah, as well. Yeah. And they're at IFA. And they also do loads of standalone they're events. They're everywhere. For, and you're just like, guys, 
I think you might have run out of announcements. Yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling at the minute. But I'm sure they'll they'll have plenty to fill their, they'll their press conference with. Won't they? There's also Sony. Yep. Um, Sony is always very big at IFA. Mm-hmm. Expect to see a possibly a new flagship phone. They only released the XZ2 at MWC, so okay. six months ago. But there's already loads of rumours that we're going to see the XZ3. So mm-hmm. the kind of update to that. Uh, rumours kind of pointing to maybe dual cameras on the back. Cool. Uh, which they've only done the kind of their premium line before. So that'd be interesting to see. It sounds like Sony's phones have been in such a rut though recently. Yeah. What do you think uh, it will take to kind of... You know what? I think they tried to the whole redesign with the Exit 2. So mm-hmm. they kind of went for that bigger screen in a smaller body, kind cool. of like what Samsung and everyone else did last year. And, you know, it didn't really work. The thing with Sony is... They make the sensors for all the best cameras on phones, mm. but their cameras just, they're never that good. And it all comes down to software. They just don't seem very good at optimization and software and all those kind of little important bits that mm. kind of, they, they make great sensors and they make, you know, good hardware and stuff for other products, mm. but they just struggle to put it all together into a really good phone. I think, I think also on, on the Sony front, last year at IFA, they used it to announce a big refresh to their headphones lineup. So yeah. they, they had their crazy noise-canceling in-ears, the, oh, God, it's a Sony name, so it's very it's impossible to remember, but I think it's the WF-1000X. Yeah. And I, th- I want to say they were the first like noise-canceling true wireless. The WTF. The... <laughs> Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Don't be misunderstand. Um, but so they were like cool, and if they could, if they could do another version. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, sure we'll yeah. see loads of audio products from yeah. Sony as well. Again, they might tease some TV action for CES. That could be fun. I, I'd love to see uh, a couple of TVs like rocking the new HDMI 2.1 standard. Yeah. I don't think anyone's used the words rocking and Rock, HDMI standard. standard. <laughs> You're quite fond of HDMI 2.1, aren't you? And oh, why I, is this? Well, so it's faster, so... In, in, you're right, in previous years we've seen uh, 8K monitors and TVs and stuff. Um, all of them have had like really funky uh, ports in the back where you have to kind of plug in two HDMI uh, cables to kind of get an, eight, uh, an 8K signal. Um, so what HDMI 2.1 will fundamentally do is mean you can just have one cable and actually do 8K content. But it's also bringing in a bunch of cool stuff that if, if you like playing games uh, on your TV, then will probably be pretty exciting for you. So technologies like quick train, quick, quick train, quick frame transport, which will apparently reduce latency. There's support for variable refresh rates, which will basically reduce screen tearing. So it's, it's a bunch of like very small features that by themselves wouldn't be worthwhile upgrading for, but as a kind of, as a group, uh, I think could be quite cool. But a lot of the rumors at the moment are saying we won't see HDMI 2.1 until CES next yeah. year. But... CES tends to be the time where new standards like that are introduced, mm. isn't it? So that seems like it would be a good time. Agreed. Uh, on the computing side of things, Tom, uh, I hear there are rumours of Intel maybe doing something next week. Well, there are indeed rumours of Intel doing something next week. And uh, there's been a, uh, a refresh um, of, their, of their processes. has okay. been on the cards, no pun intended, for a while now. And all rumours point to... <laughs> I'm, I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> So all rumors are pointing to their ninth gen series of processors. Okay. Um, some brands have been a little bit naughty and they've announced things like motherboards, which have been confirmed for ninth gen support, even though right. ninth gen itself has not been officially announced. And uh, 
it seems like there's going to be a few um, laptops from uh, brands such as Dell, Acer, and Lenovo there as well. And so I don't know if this is the case, but if we are to see ninth gen CPUs, there's a good chance that we might see some new hardware as well. Or they may be reference models that just show off the capabilities of whatever these new processors can do. So we will all remains to be seen. Are there are there rumors for what, what the processors can do? I is it basically going to be a, hey, remember Intel processors? We made them a little bit fast. It's been fair to say that they've been feeling the heat a little bit recently, and uh, not just from the competition, but there was, um, there was Meltdown Inspector earlier in the year. So I think reputationally, Intel's got some salvaging to do. So mm. it's, hope, it's very much hope that these are going to be bigger and better. Mm. They're going to have clock speeds that will be significantly above what we've seen before. We hope, yeah. and uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if following NVIDIA's announcement, we're gonna see something that will uh, see uh, an interesting pairing there. And uh, don't forget mm. that Intel has also made noises about moving into the GPU market itself. Okay. And uh, well, there's been integrated graphics systems on laptops in the past, the idea of Intel getting into this very crowded space is, uh, is, is an interesting one. They've certainly got a fight on their hands if yeah. that's what they're gonna do. Whether we see this at IFA or not, race to be seen that this may also be a later in the year thing or even CES. Well, there was an interesting, I mean, in, in that like massive two and a half hour NVIDIA uh, presentation, which I'm still not over, um, NVIDIA kind of made a point that uh, they'd actually uh, overtaken Intel in terms of fabrication processes. Uh, I think kind of saying that they'd reached, uh, oh no, sorry, I'm actually, I'm thinking of a completely different presentation. That wasn't NVIDIA at all. I was going to say, um, in, in, in between this, the, the 16th and the 17th demonstration of ray tracing, I must have missed that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, sorry, skimming over that. Um, but so NVIDIA has that market cornered. Uh, NVIDIA know what they're doing when it comes to GPUs. I think it'd be very difficult for Intel to get into that market, but you know, they're big enough to give it a I try. I think it'd be very difficult for anyone to, 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 um, to come at the king like NVIDIA, but if anyone can do it, um, you, you know, you've, let's not forget that Intel's got several decades of engineering experience yeah. behind it. And there's some, there's, there's, there's some, some, some not unbright minds there, so. Okay. Um, so we've talked computing, we've talked white goods, uh, but Max, of course, <laughs> mobile editor. Uh, do you reckon we'll see a, a handset or two um, next week? So Huawei have a press conference. I don't think we're going to see a phone from Huawei yet. So their, their thing tends to be they release a new kind of mobile platform, a chip. Uh, okay. So the update to last year was... So last year they, reduced, they introduced the Kirin 970, mm -hmm. which then powered the Mate 10, which came a month or so later, and okay. then the P20 and P20 Pro, which came in February. Okay. So I would say we're likely going to see a Kirin 980 or a 975 or something, probably 980. And then next month we'll get the Mate 11, or it's rumored to be the Mate 20, mm -hmm. and then again that will power the P30 or whatever comes next year. So that seems to be how they do it. They're using EFA as kind of more of a to announce their next chip, and then they'll have their, their own conference to to show right. off. Right. So like a technology launch rather than a product yeah. launch per se. Uh, but Honor also cool. have a press conference. Um, I think we'll likely see a phone from them. They recently announced the Honor Play in mm -hmm. China. Uh, probably makes sense for that to come over here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and of course as mentioned earlier, Sony likely to release something. Uh, rumors of BlackBerry also releasing a budget version of the Key 2. Cool. Could see that. Um, and yeah, kind of some of, some other brands might, might kind of drop stuff along the way, but yeah. 
And then the the final big segment that tends to be big at IFA is wearables. Yeah, wearables are massive at IFA, along with kind of smart homey stuff. And it's kind of a tricky kind of time for wearables at the minute. So there's rumors that Qualcomm are going to be unveiling a new chip that will power lots of smartwatches, especially Wear OS smartwatches. Okay. But the event that that's coming in isn't until September. Right, which is after IFA. Which is after IFA. Huh. So kind of the people who launch... Wearables at EFA are kind of in a sticky situation. Do they kind of kind of not say what they're going to be powered by? Or do they keep on using the old Wear chip from Snapdragon, mm. which has been around for two years now, and mm. it's really starting to age? And that's why you see so many smartwatches coming out that have the same problems. They're a little bit slow. They might look different, but they're kind of the same features. And it's kind of been trudging along for a while. So hopefully... If, Snap, if Qualcomm do announce an updated chip, it will bring some kind of much-needed performance boost. But again, are we going to see that? Are we going to see the watches at IFA run that? I'm not sure. It, it must get very complicated if you're yeah. if you're a hardware partner of someone like Qualcomm and you're like sitting on your new smartwatches, going, "Great guys, can't wait to release this," and Qualcomm's yeah. going. Hold off, guys. We want to actually announce the technology. Do they announce it and just not say what's powering it? Because that feels like you know a third of the announcement, yeah, it if does. possible. It's a tricky one, so we'll kind of have to see. This is especially kind of the Fossil Group, who kind of owns all the you know kind of the high-end fashion brands. Mm. Android Wear smartwatches can buy right now, mm-hmm. and also like Scargan and stuff. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do, though. I, I kind of feel that we won't see watches with whatever Qualcomm announced until later in the year. Mm-hmm. There's also rumours that Google are going to be announcing their Pixel Watch. Yes, I'm really interested to see what happens there. Yeah, because, I mean, Android Wear hasn't had kind of a flagship watch forever. I guess mm. LG did those ones kind of in partnership with Google a couple of years ago. But, yeah, if, if Google do actually make one, uh, rumours Samsung could possibly be making it. That's where the kind of the Wear OS on a... Gear watch rumors oh, came from. I hadn't connected the dots in that way. So in the same way that Google used to go to LG and, and the like to make their Nexus phones, yeah. they might go to Samsung to make a Pixel watch. I mean, it's, it's an idea. Um, again, n- nothing confirmed this. Mm. But yeah, we could see a Pixel watch alongside the rumored Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL later in the year. Mm-hmm. So again, that kind of feels like that would be a better point for the first Qualcomm, whatever they come up with yeah. to be powered by. So yes, it's, it's all all the wearables kind of in a this kind of middle road. I I don't want to see wearables using that old Snapdragon yeah. chipset because my days are very boring. And <laughs> I think I think the problem I have with wearables at the moment is there's no one bit of the ecosystem that you can point at and go that bit's done now. It's no. the the software's still a little bit doesn't quite have the functionality there that you want. The hardware's just not quite there yet for multi-day use. And so if there are multiple people that need to get their houses in order in order to make yeah. a really exceptional smartwatch. I know that's why kind of the Apple Watch is still one of the best and why Fitbit's Versa is again one of the best because it runs its own software. Mm. Uh, Fitbit just announced so Fitbit tend to sometimes do stuff either, but they've just announced their Charge 3 okay. last week. So that's, the, the Charge is its most popular fitness band. Okay. It's not a smartwatch, it's a fitness tracker, you know, kind of the thing that you see everyone wearing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've just announced a Charge 3, which is a massive upgrade to the two-year-old Charge 2. Mm-hmm. 
So it's now waterproof, you can swim with it. It's got a really nice, really sleek design. And it kind of brought all the smartwatch features over from the Versa. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have your notifications, your weather alerts, all these kind of little bits in a really thin fitness band. And that's now it's October, but I think that could be a really, a really good product. Do you think that has the potential to replace the Versa? I mean, the, the Versa is really nice. That the, the Versa benefits things from like it's better as a watch and it's got okay. a color screen and stuff. Because it's, it's, it's got the bigger screen. Okay. Yeah. But you know, if you just want something that kind of does everything in a fitness band, the Charge Three has the has that potential. Oh. Um, yeah, I think that the only other uh, rumor I'm seeing from Efa is maybe something around Sennheiser. Uh, and a sound bar they were showing off at CES earlier this year. Yeah, so see, uh, CES Sennheiser kind of teased a 3D sound bar okay. with kind of tech similar to Dolby's Atmos. Uh, they call it Ambiotech. Cool. Um, yeah, they might kind of announce a updated prototype at yeah. IFA and then again, we probably might could see a consumer version at CES maybe again, but Kind of the water all a little bit muddy on that at the minute. Yeah, it's it's, it's a shame to see so many things at IFA that are maybe retreads of, of what's kind of been shown off at, at CES earlier in the year. Yeah, that's really the problem with IFA is that everyone wants their own their own show now. Yeah. Samsung want their own show. Well, we want their own show, and that just kind of leaves kind of IFA not really having that standout. Yeah, and you can kind of walk the halls at IFA and go and just walk for minutes and minutes and minutes and not see any brands that you recognize because it's these tiny little brands that are just filling up these massive, massive halls. And like, it's a fun show to be at because yeah. you, you do see some, some really yeah, weird stuff. There would definitely stuff. be some cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's kind of a shame that Samsung has had yeah. all its big announcements already. Yeah. But Equally, that gives smaller brands the charm. It's, it's also worth uh, remembering that a lot of the stuff you'll see at CES, particular, 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 <laughs> particularly TV sets, which yeah. uh, a lot of them will conform to broadcast standards, which just don't apply in Europe. Yeah. So, you know, you might get some fantastic flexible OLED concept thing that may see the light of day in the United States, but mm. will, will never come to the UK. So I think... That problem you uh, or issue you described with Efa, it kind of you, you kind of get a bit of that with uh, with CES too, I think. Yeah, it's there are some weirdly small areas of tech that are still quite territorial. Whereas phones, for example, you get very similar handsets all yeah, over the world. Maybe like a dual SIM version universal. there. Yeah. Whereas TVs, TVs I in particular, are yeah, very region specific. They're very region specific, and there are still some some manufacturers that pull annoying. Uh, tricks where they they have models that you can't work out which model from which territory applies yeah. to another. I don't think we should go down the rabbit hole of TV naming conventions because it's even more <laughs> bamboozling yeah. than CPUs or headphones. So, uh, uh, yeah. But I get your point. Uh, so, Max, Tom, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Renews, and thank you so much thank to you. everyone who has been listening at home. You can download the latest episode of Renews every Thursday from iTunes and other reputable podcasting destinations. Uh, and if you've either liked or disliked this episode, then don't forget to rate us on iTunes because those ratings mean a lot to us, and we do appreciate all the feedback. So, thanks so much, guys. Especially the good ones. Especially the good ones. Uh, thank you so much, guys, and we'll see you next week.